But nothing personal word of the day, Monday, March 8th, 2021. The word is bot. What's a bot, you may be asking. Well, you shouldn't be asking. Bots, as in robots, bots are not people. Bots are things that make people have more followers on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. I love Facebook's just friends, so forget that. Ready? Coca, it's Monday. But nothing personal word of the day, March 8th, 2021. The word is bot. I have no bots. You can buy bots. All you have to do is go online if you have a Twitter account. I don't think you need the white check. It doesn't matter. I think you can just buy followers, but they're not real followers. They're fake followers. They're just accounts. Some people say they're Russian accounts or Chinese accounts or American accounts. They're not actual accounts. They're just bots. They get programmed to not respond, to not engage. So you look like you have 400,000 followers when you actually have 20,000 followers. I'm not worked up about bots. I'm worked up because thank God it's Monday and we've got Daniel Snyder. I love you, Daniel. I really do. Owner of the Washington Football Skins. And believe you me, he's got a situation brewing. Do you remember when we told you the story last week? What was going on in Barcelona? May have been two weeks ago. I can't remember when. Coca and I were talking about a pregame and we could not come up without looking the exact day. He looked, told me, I already forgot. All of that was already this morning. The Barcelona football team, which is a soccer team, but a football team, if you're listening to this in Europe, they hired a marketing firm to do a social media campaign that ended up sulling Messi and the former president and various other people. Anyway, they got themselves arrested. They broke the law. Well, Daniel Snyder may be up to something, but I don't think he broke the law, but it's still worth mentioning what he's up to. He has a firm because he's got a lot of firms. It's not the firm. We'll get to that later in the show. The firm, and I don't mean Tom Cruise. I don't mean Holly Hunter. Different type of firm. And he's been investigated, as you know. Daniel Snyder, longtime owner of the Washington team, being investigated his culture, the harassment, the cheerleader videos that were cut and made, especially for Dan, showing women in compromising formations. <laughs> like maybe he was really into the pyramid formation and that's what he wanted to see. Cut me a pyramid formation. I don't know, who cares? It's just not right, it's not nice, it's wrong. It's lascivious, it's prurient, it's salacious. It's outrageous. So he's been investigated. First, he was doing his own investigation. And then Roger Goodell stepped up and said, you know what? I got a better idea. We'll do the investigation. But don't worry. I promise we will tell you how it goes before we release it. So then Dan Snyder had an article written about him. The article talks about how great he is, how charitable he is good guy, a real mensch. It's written in a place that is not, it's not like it was on cbs.com. It was written in some various place. And all of a sudden on social media, bots were appearing with a link to this article. And the question is, were those bots used to get people to click onto articles that are favorable toward Dan Snyder and all of his charitable giving? 
for the sole purpose of influencing the investigation. So I've been a part of a lot of investigations. I've been investigated and I have investigated. Investigators who are professional are not swayed by articles, either negative or positive. The public is, but not investigators. They need proof. They've got a reputation. They want to be hired again. You think that an investigator into sexual harassment in a culture is going to read an article about how much money Dan Snyder gives away and says, you know what? I've investigated. He's totally fine. But it's enough to make Snyder nervous that he had his attorney release a statement. Because of course he did. Here is Snyder's attorney responding to the allegations that they use bots and fake accounts to curry favor. Dan Snyder unequivocally denies. How the hell do people still make this mistake? Just someone, please. This is episode 325. You don't need to say you unequivocally deny. I unequivocally deny. It's not that I just deny it. It's not that it's not true. I want you all to understand and be clear. I unequivocally deny. If you need to use an adjective to help buttress your story, you may need a better story. Dan Snyder unequivocally denies ever using bots or fake accounts to put out favorable news stories. That's not what the accusation is, might I add, but he continues. In fact, over the past year, thousands of bots have popped up in a coordinated campaign to spread misinformation about Dan and the Washington football team, all of which have been reported as such to various social media sites. <laughs> he doesn't ever use bots or fake accounts, but everyone else does. That's the statement. I unequivocally deny doing what I know everyone else is doing in order to put a knee in my head and hold me down and get me to sell my team or get me to have to buy out my partners at a price that I don't want to buy them out on. I think Jeff Bezos may buy the team anyway. I don't think any of that matters. What matters is that Dan Snyder has a bot problem. You cannot say that you don't use bots, but everyone else does. You cannot say that you use bots. Here's what Dan Snyder should have said. When asked about bot usage and fake accounts, possibly getting others to click to read an article that he had planted, Dan Snyder said, quote, my track record speaks for itself. I have been fully cooperating with the investigation being led by the National Football League and Roger Goodell. I look forward to seeing the results for the first time when you do because I'm confident that the investigator will find that I had nothing to do with pyramid formations. Love, Dan Snyder, 004-626-424-6969. Joined October, 2020. Social media is a thing, right? It's a whole new world, a whole new world. When's the last time you had a Peebo Bright, is it Peebo Bryson? Peepo 
Peebo. I can't think of it, Coca. A whole new world. I want people to watch Aladdin, not the Will Smith Aladdin. I want them to watch the animated Aladdin just for that song. A brand new place. I don't think that's the words. I don't even know I was saying that. Oh, social media. It's a whole new world. When, when I was running a team, social media was starting. We had a social media department that was small but growing. We were trying to figure out how to use it, trying to figure out how to use it for sales, how to use it for improving brand reputation, how to use the technology available to improve on-field performance. It's as though you are trying to use a wagon wheel to win the Indianapolis 500. The wheel's a great invention, but it's gonna keep getting better and you're gonna find a way to use it to go faster and be more efficient. Social media sort of is on that same trajectory. It is being used in ways that were never dreamt of when I first started. And the way it's being used today in 20 years, they will look back and say, wow, in 2021, they use bots and fake accounts. That's like the wagon wheel. But it brings up a ton of major issues. Just this past week, the Pittsburgh Penguins got into a bit of a pickle. Pittsburgh Penguins are a hockey team in Pittsburgh. <laughs> is that not value added on a Monday for nothing personal listeners? I hope it is. They showed a picture of fans in the stands and they photoshopped masks on fans. Let me make sure you let that marinate for just a sec. Take a beat, take a breath. They photoshopped masks on fans, masks that were below the nose, went above it, fans without masks got them and they got C-A-U-G-H-T. Will the person in the social media department who added masks to fans please stand up? It was me. It was I who did it and here's why. If I've got the technology, why wouldn't I want to have a photo out in the ether that provides a good example to other cities, to other teams, and to our fans so they know when they come to games, they need to wear masks? It's not a terrible point, right? It's sort of important. Do you think social media should be used to doctor photos? This is now the evolution of Photoshop, right? Photoshop used to take care of wrinkles, maybe add some body features that you didn't have, make you look stronger, more fit, make your clothes less wrinkly, make believe that you were in a city that you weren't by putting a background in, making believe you were with someone who you weren't. The authentication of photos is a business that is thriving because when you go on the inter-Google and you look at photos, and I've gotten caught myriad times commenting on a photo when it turns out the photo wasn't real, commenting on a tweet that was from a fake account or a bot or a, someone just trying to pretend they were someone they weren't. 
Is that dangerous? Is it more dangerous the fact that in our society right now, the level of cynicism is peaking? It's not quite there. It's the denouement of cynicism because for me, I think it's just going to get worse as technology gets better and you will look at photos and say, wow, that's not your ordinary airbrush anymore. How do you know it's real? I have an idea. I was thinking about it all weekend. I believe that it should be like art. I think there should be a provenance. Provenance is the history. When you see a painting and you want to know whether or not it's forged, I'm actually going to review a movie this week about that. I watched a whole documentary about this. Fascinating. But imagine if every time you looked at a piece of art, you had to say to yourself, is that real? Is that not real? Is it a fake? Is it a forgery? Well, here's how I can know because with the painting is going to be the history of the painting, when it was made, who had it, who owned it, who sold it, who bought it. And there will be markings, not to destroy the existing art, but there will be markings on the painting that are like certificates of authenticity. Believe me, as the memorabilia market explodes, as Top Shot is exploding, as all these things are happening, digital art is happening. Do you know why all this is the case? Because you don't need to authenticate it because it's not something you have and you hold. But pictures are historical markers. That's my problem. Can you imagine if we went back in time and put Paul Revere in a car. I think that would sort of change the whole history, wouldn't it? Or if you went back to the American Revolution and gave them bombs and grenades. I just think that people will use whatever technology is available in order to put themselves in the best possible light and then hide under the fact that they're doing it for the greater good. People do things for the greater good, thinking they're understanding John Stuart Mill, the philosopher who believes in the greater good theory, but they don't really understand what that theory is. That theory, of course, means if something's good for five people and bad for one person, you do it. That's sort of summing up what his philosophical theory is. So you could apply that to this photo in Pittsburgh, the social media person sent up and said, this is the greater good. We're making up the fact that everyone had masks on because we think everyone wearing masks is for the betterment of our society. We'll get rid of COVID faster. No, not in this case. We need to accurately reflect history. We need to accurately reflect what's happening. I want to accurately reflect what people look like. You know, Coca, we could actually go into an entire 10 minute side about how bad airbrushing and how bad Photoshopping is because when people look at those pictures and then want to emulate that or get that body or get those lack of wrinkles, et cetera, they fail by definition. And that leads to depression. It leads to body dysmorphia. It leads to all sorts of bad stuff. I'm not saying that the mask photo is that significant in that way, but they're just eating away at us. All the social media manipulation, it just eats away at you. So please, <clears throat> was his name Michael Conrad Coca? Who was the, the, the old sergeant in Hill Street Blues? The actor. 
I want to say Michael Conrad, but it could be Joseph Conrad, but I think that could be an author, but I could be completely confused. In any case, he was the sergeant in Hill Street Blues, and he had one thing to say before the cops hit the streets. Let's be careful out there. Hey, nothing personal listeners. My name's David Sampson, and I wanted to let you know about Paramount Plus. It's live right now. Have you looked on your phone? Have you gotten it? Have you paid for it? It used to be called CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. They have everything, sports, live, breaking news, breaking. A mountain of entertainment, get it? The Paramount Mountain. You can go straight from game day to movie night with Paramount Plus. Stream iconic movies. There's a lot of them. Godfather, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, etc. Original series, you get a lot for, I, I was a CBS All Access guy, not because I work for CBS, but because CBS All Access was awesome. They've rebranded it Paramount Plus. So if you don't have it, get it because it has way more stuff than it used to. And by the way, the live sports is all CBS sports stuff that will be found on Paramount Plus as well. NFL, March Madness, which is coming. I think we should do a bracket challenge, Coco, by the way. The Masters, Champions League, stream hit shows from CBS, Nickelodeon, all of these are owned by the parent company, Viacom CBS, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Smithsonian Channel, Comedy Central. Now I have to be very serious because I have to get the last line right. The dismount matters when you're doing a live read on your show. Breaking news, live sports, and a mountain of entertainment. Paramount Plus streaming now. Trevor Bauer's not streaming. How's that for a segue, Coca-licious? Trevor Bauer did something. Spring training. Stop looking at the box scores. Stop looking at the standings. You know this. Stop looking at home runs hit. Oh, his first home run in the spring. Joey Gallo has four home runs, including one off Walker Bueller. Go, Texas, go. Walker Bueller. The Dodgers have lost three games. They're like a 500 team. They're going to lose 80 games in the regular season. I don't think so. Trevor Bauer was pitching against the Padres, who he's going to face at least thrice. I'd say thrice, 10% of his starts. If you play at the Padres 19 times, which is more than 10% of your 162 games, 10% is 16.2 games. So three out of 16 is roughly 20%. So it's another 20% on top of the 10% which is just call it one fifth. So let's say 11 and a half percent to 13% of your games are against one team. And uh, so if you're pitching, let's say 10% of your starts, if you start the entire season, you start 35 times, three and a half starts. Let's say you face the Padres three to four times. So he's facing them during the regular season. I only bring up that math because A, I want to see if I can still do somewhat math in my declining brain capacity how could your capacity not be declining when you watch the nba all-star game and megan markle at the same time on two devices trying to pay attention to both while on a zoom call that's not even multitasking that's trifecta texting tasking all right let me get back to trevor bauer 
So Trevor Bauer was in the news this weekend because he likes to be in the news. When he's not in the news, he has to do something that puts him in the news because he's got I need attention deficit disorder. And when he's not getting enough attention and I'm not making fun of attention deficit disorder, which is unbelievable during this day and age, I have to say I'm not making fun of something or else you get canceled for making fun of something. Is it making fun of something when you actually have the thing that you're making fun of? Or is that just being self-deprecating? That's a very good question. Let me actually think about that. Wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> Coca, help me land the plane. Where are we in the rundown? What are we talking about? Ah, live read. Hey, nothing personal listeners. I wanted to let you know. Wait, we've done the Paramount Plus thing, haven't we? Trevor Bauer. Thank you, Matt. I can't tell you what it's like to not work on a prompter, to be live, to do 45 minutes, to watch and be so thrilled that you download and subscribe, knowing that you love nothing personal. And I am here, warts and all, naked from the waist down, trying to figure out where in the hell we are in the rundown. Trevor Bauer pitches against the Padres, and he says, you know what, I'm going to do something fun. And it got a ton of publicity, so one nothing Trevor, although he did sign for $102 million over two years plus a, yeah, two nothing Trevor. He pitched with one eye closed. I shite you not. He took the ball, he closed an eye, and he pitched the entire inning with an eye closed. And then he said, it's because I like to experiment. I like to be uncomfortable. I'm working on my command. I do it all the time, he said. You just never noticed before. Totally normal. Dave Roberts laughed the manager of the Dodgers when I asked about it. And the reason he laughed is that he's embracing the Bauer. To embrace the Bauer, you have to know, and this happens when you sign guys who you know have interesting personalities, who you know are going to be potentially harmful, but your job as manager is to take their eccentricities and to make them harmless, to take their need for attention and to make it not distracting. So Dave Roberts laughed it off and laughed it off and said, you know what? I know very well that both eyes will be open when the regular season starts. And do you know how I know that? Because if Trevor Bauer does one pitch with his right eye or left eye closed during the regular season, out will scamper, not the pitching coach, Dave Roberts. And then Trevor Bauer will take the ball before he can hand it to Dave Roberts. He'll turn around and throw it into Chavez Ravine. I don't think that'll happen because Rachel Lubu won't let it happen. Do you think it works what Trevor Bauer did, closing your eye to help command? I'm trying to take the ball. So let's say that I'm a righty, right? So I'm looking at the mound. If you're watching this on YouTube, nothing personal with David Sampson and hitting subscribe. Thank you so much. So my eye is closed. I can't see. If it's a lefty hitter, I can't see the hitter unless I open up my body. And when you open up your body, it means you're opening up your shoulders. And if you're opening up your shoulders as you're delivering a pitch, you are not going to have command and you're risking injury because having a body that is tight, compact, and closed, and then winding your arm and rotating as your arm is going forward, that is going to be the better throwing motion. But if your eye is closed, you don't know where it's going, so you're going to be tended. You're going to be tended. That's not English, you are going to have a tendency to open up too soon. Watch this. If you're watching, if you're not watching, then I don't know what to tell you, except pretend that I'm facing a camera. But then all of a sudden, I just do a little rotation in order for me to see. Have you ever seen batters in baseball? This is actually very common when a uh, 
It's what we would teach them. When, a, when someone is not hitting well and we think they're not seeing the ball right, we actually would have them open up their stance a little bit by having their front foot not parallel to their back foot, which is normal in a batting stance, but move their front foot back a few inches. And then that rotates the hips a little bit. And it actually gets both eyes a little more square on the pitcher. Because imagine if you're upright when you're hitting, you're, while your left eye is open for sure, you're not exactly seen straight on, right? You're looking sideways. So if you open up a little bit, you have a better way to see the ball. The problem is if you open up too much, you can get hit in the face with a pitch instead of the side of the head. Not great. Anyway, Trevor Bauer. God, he's just perfect for us, isn't he? Just perfect. All right, when we come back, we are going to review a movie that we watched. It just came out. It's called Coming to America, not T-O-O, not T-O-T-W-O. Coming to America. Get it? It's Coming to America, part two. Everything's very original. It used to just be part two, number two, Roman numeral two. Now you have to do all sorts of things where you do a sequel. That's 30 years late, but we will talk about it. And we've got a, we've got a all-star game to talk about. We have to talk about it, Coke. It was unbelievable what we saw. We will be right back. The 82-game preseason is in the books, and it's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. From what you've seen so far, do you think they'll be a first-time winner of the NBA championship? If the Pacers, Clippers, Suns, Magic, Pelicans, or T-Wolves win, you win at plus 650. That's six teams to root for, six chances to win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code SAMSON, only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Today is Monday. March 8th, 2021, please stop. Get off Paramount Plus right now. I know that you have it and I know you're streaming it and I know you bought it. Get off social media. Please, 20 more minutes of your time. I actually do appreciate it. I really do. And I don't take it for granted. Nothing. All right, I watched a movie. Uh, nothing personal. You know, we watch a movie every day. That actually is incorrectly said. My name is David Sampson. I watch a movie every day or a TV show. On Nothing Personal, we review a movie every day or a TV show. I like old movies, like from 1980 and forward. <laughs> I like current trendy movies. I like Netflix top 10 trending because I'm a uh, P.T. Barnum sucker. There's one of me born every second. Although it's minute. Yes, I know. Don't worry. Coming to America, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. I hadn't heard of Arsenio Hall. I didn't know whether he was alive, whether he was dead. Eddie Murphy's one of my favorites. 
if you haven't watched Eddie Murphy's Delirious or Eddie Murphy's Raw, then you don't realize that Eddie Murphy is a stand-up comedian way before he was an actor in Beverly Hills Cop in 48 Hours, etc. He stretched his acting chops in Dreamgirls. Coming to America, phenomenal. This movie is an updated Coming to America. Basically, it felt like an hour and 45 minutes of a sentimental journey in the hot tub time machine where I looked back at the old coming to America. I'm okay with people aging. We just talked about it. I want Photoshopping age naturally. You can do it. It's okay. I don't know why people on camera feel as though they have to, by definition, use Botox or they have to make themselves look younger. I am me. I am who I am. I am who I am. James Earl Jones made an appearance in coming to, to America. He had to film the scenes alone because he could not come to set because he's that old. And it just made me sad to read that. But he does a scene with his son, Eddie Murphy, in the beginning. Eddie Murphy is now the king. Eddie Murphy's still married to the same actress, the same woman. They've got three daughters, one of whom is his actual daughter in real life. The middle daughter is Eddie Murphy's daughter. And there is a whole thing about who's going to marry who. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and I had not read a thing about the movie because you know how I am. I do not read about movies before I see them. So all of a sudden, I look on the screen and I say, wait a second. Oh, my God. That's Wesley Snipes. There's been a Wesley Snipes sighting. Every time I think of him, I think of Major League. I think of tax evasion. I think of Rising Sun. He was good. Just pay your damn taxes already, right? Anyway, coming to America at the end of the day is a sentimental journey that will make you smile. I don't think you will have any out loud laughs. I think you will feel as though that you're old, which I hate feeling. You will say what happened between these two time periods. But you have to see it because they took the time to make it and they did it for their own pocketbooks, obviously. Don't kid yourself. However, in a way, anytime you can take a road and a journey down nostalgia lane, you should do it. Coming to America. All right, you degenerates out there. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did you do it? I did it. Who doesn't like doing it? It, capital I, small t. We're 30 and 20 going into the All-Star game. Team LeBron is playing Team Durant. The line is three and a half. And LeBron's team won 170 to 150. We're now 31 and 20. Did you watch the All-Star game? I was fascinated by it. The NBA, there's an anniversary coming up on Thursday, March 11th. That's the one-year anniversary when Rudy Gobert tested positive. It was a Wednesday night. The NBA shut down. Major League Baseball shut down spring training two days later, one day later. They said they were going to shut it down two days later and ended up shutting down the next day. Sports came to a halt. Tom and Rita Hanks had COVID. It's a year ago. Adam Silver then worked with his union, came up with an agreement, and formed a bubble and got through a bubble. Did not take into account the mental anguish that it would have on the players, but they found a way to return to sports. It's been a year. 
This All-Star game was plagued by players not wanting to be there, by LeBron James claiming he would be there physically, but not mentally, <clears throat> and he stuck to his word. The players were sequestered, quarantined, no parties allowed, no nothing. The day of the game, or the night before, I can't remember which, doesn't matter, either the night before or the day of the game, two members of the Philadelphia 76ers were ruled ineligible, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Why? Because they were subject to the contact tracing protocol because they were in direct contact with an individual who tested positive for COVID. And that's a no-no. So they were not replaced on the roster. They fit an entire weekend into a day where before the game, they did the skills competition. At halftime, they did the dunk competition. Seeing Spud Webb and Dominique Wilkins judging the dunk contest made me smile. Not knowing one player in the dunk contest made me sad. Watching that kid from the Trailblazer, Simons, almost kiss the rim, which, by the way, what could be grosser than kissing a rim? More gross. Can you edit that out, Coco? That's a grammatical mistake. What could be more gross than kissing a rim? But boy, he can jump. So the dunk contest happens. The game is played in four quarters. They keep new score each of the three quarters. In the fourth quarter, the team that's in the lead has to score 24 points, at least for Kobe Bryant. 24 points above their total score of the first three quarters is where they have to get to. So if the opposing team is down by six, that means the opposing team has to score 30 before the Team that's winning scores 24, whatever. Do you really care? The reality is they fool around to make it about Kobe Bryant. The MVP is named after Kobe Bryant. Giannis did not miss a shot. He went 16 for 16, broke the record by Hal Greer, who had gone eight for eight. What struck me is pretending I was Adam Silver watching this. My hand is under my chin. I'm watching the All-Star game and I'm thinking, uh-oh. I think we're making a mockery of this. Uh-oh. I don't think we should have done this. Oh, no. No, don't shoot from half court, Lillard, please. Oh, my God. Now you, Steph. Oh, my God. You made it. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. You went down the court and you shot from half court in the middle of a play. No defense, no coaching. It's not as bad as the NFL Pro Bowl, but it's getting there. I think they need to figure out what to do with the NBA All-Star game because the juice was definitely not worth the squeeze yesterday. The heat that Adam Silver took for putting on this game, the fact that LeBron barely played, didn't play well, purposefully wanted to rest. The fact that all players had gone public and that it was a broadcast event made for broadcast only, no fans, maybe a smattering of first responders. I just don't think it was a good all-star game. Do you? You know, can we have a quick vaccine talk, Coca? This was not part of the rundown, but I just want to have it. LeBron James was asked after the game. By the way, that was a rhetorical question because, I mean, the worst you're going to do is cut my mic. Right, Coca? LeBron James came out and said, 
when asked if whether he was going to get the vaccine in response to Adam Silver, who did his state of the state address for the NBA during the All-Star weekend, All-Star day, said that he's not forcing players to get vaccines. Of course, he can't force. It has to be negotiated. You cannot force a union, your workers who are unionized to do something like that. You can't make it a condition to play. You can do agreed upon COVID protocols, which they have, but you cannot force the vaccine. Fine. LeBron James came out and said, when asked whether he was going to get vaccinated, said, that is going to be a private decision between me and my family. And I'm not criticizing LeBron about it. I want to explain the history of the racial inequity regarding vaccines, the fear that the that people of color have in general about governmentally spread vaccines, the reality that healthcare is not universally available, all of the things that have led to the systemic inequality that exists were manifested through the mouth of LeBron James in one sense. Because if we lived, I don't even wanna call it utopia because that is an insult. It shouldn't have to be utopia. If we lived in a truly equal society, a truly free society, LeBron James as a leader in that society would have said, of course I'm taking the vaccine as soon as it's my turn. I'm an NBA player, not an essential worker. When it is available to people 35 and older in my home state of Ohio or California, I will get vaccinated. The best chance we have to return to any semblance of normalcy, which we all want, is to get vaccinated. I fully understand the fear, the rush, the concern, but I believe in the pharmaceutical companies. I believe in the US government and I believe in their equality. Can you imagine what kind of world it would be where LeBron could say that? The reason he can't say that is none of that exists right now. There's cynicism toward the government. There's cynicism toward how quickly these vaccinations and vaccines got approved. There's cynicism in whether or not it's gonna be equally available to people who are less fortunate than others, whether people who are fortunate are skipping the line and taking away vaccinations from people who need it more. All of these are actual issues, all of which led to LeBron saying what he said. I'm incredibly hurt and sorry that we live in a place where he has to say that, and I'm incredibly understanding of why he did. Wait to see is a segment that we do here on Nothing Personal. We tell you something's gonna happen, and then after that, we will revisit it to say whether or not we were right or whether we are wrong. The first wait to see was on February 16th, 2021. Blake Griffin was put on the trading block by the Detroit Pistons. His agent came out and said, we're trying to get traded. The Pistons said, we're trying to trade him. And I said to you, Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin will not be traded. That's a yes. Blake Griffin is now on the Brooklyn Nets. How did he get there? Yes, sir. He got released. Who the heck was going to trade him? 
What I can't believe right now is people are saying the Nets, oh my God, what are their championship odds now? Hey, can I get William Hill on the phone? Hey, uh, uh, Mr. Hill, are the Nets now for sure winning the world championship because they got Blake Griffin? Don't make me laugh. Blake Griffin's a great name, a great name, but he's not a good player anymore. What else? So now we're going to do a wait to see today. We talked about COVID. We talked about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Well, guess what? In baseball, opening day is coming up so soon. April 1st, baby. I can't wait. I literally, stop it, David. I cannot wait. Jose Ramirez and uh, Fran Mel Reyes are on the Cleveland Indians, although that's not their team. I forgot what they're calling themselves. The Cleveland football team. Are they calling themselves that? I don't even know, Coca. Anyway, they broke COVID protocols by getting a haircut. And uh, they had a report to spring training and then got sent home because they broke protocols. And after the haircut, I think they went to, to dinner inside, the two of them. The Indians were the same team. They had the problem with Clevenger. Remember that? And then they traded him last year. But they didn't trade the other guy who got in trouble, who he went out with. Here's my wait to see. MLB has protocols in place. It's not a 60-game season. It's a 162-game season. The protocols are strict. The protocols say that they cannot go out on the road. They cannot go out at home. It's bad. I can pretty much guarantee you this, and this is the wait to see. Jose Ramirez and Reyes will not be the last players to break COVID protocol and get caught. There will be other players, and it will happen before the end of the regular season. You wait to see. These COVID protocols are not realistic. They're just not. You know that from listening to Nothing Personal. They're just not realistic. So to end the show, I want to talk about what happened on CBS yesterday, a two hour show, God bless CBS, a ratings bonanza, Oprah Winfrey interviews Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, the star of that show, Sweets, Suits, it's called, S-U-I-T-S, Suits. She's pregnant with their second child. They now live in California. They have renounced their membership to the crown. They sat down to do a tell-all interview and boy, they did not disappoint. I want to sum up a couple things about family. I want to talk about family for a couple minutes with you. Meghan Markle alleges in what is the most important and disgusting and scary part of the interview that Prince Harry, who's no longer a prince, Harry, was talked to upon marrying Meghan Markle, who is half African-American. When she was pregnant, the question was asked, we have some concern about the color of your baby's skin because that could be an issue if your child is too dark. I can only hope that's not true. I'd like to believe that the royal family is not racist. I'd like to believe that that did not come from William or Charles or Camilla or Philip or any of them. 
but it sounded true, didn't it? The way Megan said it. What's in it for Megan? She already got paid for the interview. They don't need to stir the pot. They don't need to be disingenuous. You could actually spend your whole time, the whole two hours saying that you had to get out of the royal family because like every wife, you don't want your husband that close to his family. That's the oldest story in the book. I don't want to marry a mommy's boy. I got to break him free of that. Right? Pretty common. The royal family can be a royal pain in the ass. They can be downright stifling. You got to do this, this way, that, that way, and make sure you have nothing that is unique and individual to you. When Meghan Markle went on her first trip, her official state trip to Australia, she became a star, much like her mother-in-law, Princess Di, who went on that her first trip and all of a sudden became the, the star of the crown. And it made the royal family insane. Meghan Markle was on that road. She had she has this uh, this sparkle around her, right? She just has this star quality. And the royal family didn't want another lady die. So now Prince Charles doesn't speak to his son, Harry, which is unbelievable that Charles will not answer Harry's calls. Won't take his calls. Can you imagine not taking? When my kids call, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm taking the call. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Can I do anything for you? I'm in the middle of a show, may I call you back? I've done it on this show. When a child is called one of my three, I'm taking the call. Family fighting, families who don't get along, it's common here, it's common in the UK, it's common in the world. Why does it happen? Why is it that you don't get along with your sibling? Can't find common ground, is it jealousy? Difference of values, opinions? Sure as hell shouldn't be and can't be race though. I just think that when you watch that interview, if you don't feel for Harry and Meghan, then I don't think you understand the firm that runs the crown, the firm that is based on the movie by John Grisham, the book by John Grisham with Tom Cruise. That's the firm. They call themselves the firm. The people who run the royal family, the people who decide who gets to see who and when, the people who make it so Charles could see Camilla, the people who hide from us what's real and only put out what's fake. What Meghan and Harry learned very quickly upon their nuptials is that when it comes to the crown and the royals, it is all business. Sorry, Megan. It was nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. 
Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. 